You're listening to Comedy Central. Andrew Cuomo, governor of New York and the only person who wishes it was still 2020. A few weeks ago, Cuomo was hit with sexual harassment accusations from two former staffers. But much like coronavirus in New York nursing homes, the allegations have only been getting worse. In recent weeks, seven women have accused the governor of sexual misconduct or harassment. The sixth accusation came from the Albany Times Union, which reported that a female aide to Cuomo alleges the governor aggressively groped her late last year while she was alone with him in his private residence. And today, New York Magazine says it interviewed more than 30 women who have either worked with or interacted with Cuomo and found that bullying was a defining element. Jessica Bakeman, a journalist, said Cuomo's hand had been on my body, on my arms, my shoulders, the small of my back, my waist. Another woman, Caitlin, said she was hired as an aide for her looks and that she was verbally and mentally abused by him and his staff. Today's New York Times says its investigation showed Cuomo's office is afflicted with a culture still rooted in the Mad Men era, including an expectation that younger female staffers wear makeup, dresses, and heels because it was rumored that was what what the governor liked. Whew. These allegations are some serious shit. Bullying and groping women, a madman office culture, and pushing women to wear dresses and heels. I mean, it sounds like Cuomo basically thought of himself like a bouncer outside a nightclub, which is convenient for him because that might be his job in a couple months. And practically every day now, there are more and more accusations piling up. It's getting so bad that he's gonna have to bring back his PowerPoint slides just to track the harassment claims. I mean, just in the past couple of weeks, we've heard about him harassing staffers, journalists, wedding guests. It seems like no women in New York were safe from this guy. At some point, we're gonna find out the Statue of Liberty only holds that torch so she can fend him off. Now, Cuomo insists that an investigation into these allegations will exonerate him. And while President Biden is willing to wait and see where the investigation leads, he might be the only one left. Governor Cuomo is digging in despite a cascade of demands from politicians, many fellow Democrats, saying that he needs to step down for the good of the state. Almost all of the state's Democratic Congress people are calling on Cuomo to go, along with its two U.S. senators, Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Kirsten Gillibrand. Governor Cuomo has lost the confidence of his governing partners as well as the people of New York. Longtime Congressman Jerry Nadler says, Governor Cuomo has lost the confidence of the people of New York. Governor Cuomo must resign. Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Congressman Jamal Bowman jointly said, Governor Cuomo can no longer effectively lead in the face of so many challenges. That's right. No one wants anything to do with Cuomo. AOC wants him to resign. Schumer wants him to resign. His brother renamed his CNN show from Cuomo primetime to just, it's just Chris, okay? It's just Chris. But yes, many Democrats say that Cuomo can no longer effectively lead New York, and photos like this one aren't helping. I mean, if you're walking around outside wearing a blanket, you don't look like you're on top of things. You look like you either got saved from a drowning car or you live with 100 cats, or maybe, his strategy is just to go in disguise. Maybe that's what he's trying to do. Andrew Cuomo? No, I'm an old Italian grandmother, Nonna Maria. Okay, Granny, well, let's get you back into our nursing home. Oh, shit, that backfired. And remember, while all of this is going on, 
New York is still in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic. The state is even dealing with its own New York mutation, which makes corona easier to catch and also makes you weirdly defensive about bagels. And if you wanna convince people that you're still focused on corona, it's probably a bad idea to have your vaccine czar spending his time doing this. Now a report in the Washington Post makes claims that one of Cuomo's top advisors and vaccine czar, Larry Schwartz, may have crossed ethical lines, accused of making calls to county executives questioning their loyalty. One executive was so upset by the call, the person filed an ethics complaint with the state attorney general's office. According to the report, one official believed getting vaccines to his area could suffer if Schwartz was not pleased with his response. And the governor's office then Schwartz denied that the governor did anything wrong. Schwartz told the Post that when he made those calls, it was not in his role as a vaccine czar, but only as Cuomo's friend. Ooh, that response is so gangster. I'm not calling you as the guy who has all the vaccines your area needs. I'm just calling you as Cuomo's friend who has all the vaccines your area needs. I just wanna know if you support him or if you like getting COVID, it's just a question. And look, he can say that he was just calling as a friend, but he is the vaccine czar. Like, he should be doing vaccine shit. Like, where does he even find the time for chit-chat? Because I'm spending all my time in an alley behind Walgreens trying to lick the insides of used syringes. Although, I guess it's not entirely his fault. It's like, it's not completely his fault, you know what I mean? They didn't make him the vaccine czar. If you don't want people to abuse their power, maybe stop calling them czars. You know? Hey, you know those tyrannical rulers from the old days? That's your job now, but like, be nice, okay? So, Cuomo's attempts to stay in power are only giving people more reasons to call for his resignation. But Cuomo says it's never going to happen. And he has a very dumb explanation for why. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo reiterating he's innocent amid mounting allegations and ongoing investigations into his alleged misconduct. The governor also saying he isn't going anywhere. People know the difference between playing politics, bowing to cancel culture, and the truth. Let the review proceed. I'm not going to resign. Part of this is that I am not part of the political club. And you know what? I'm proud of it. That's right. From the time he became governor 10 years ago to his years as attorney general, back to when he worked in the Clinton administration, Andrew Cuomo has never been part of the political club. And if you disagree, you can drive your ass out of New York on the bridge they named after his governor dad. But yes, Andrew Cuomo thinks that holding him to account for his actions is cancel culture which is obviously making people pretty angry, especially nursing home residents. They're like, bitch, you canceled Gladys. And I gotta be honest, if this is cancel culture, well then, I have no idea what cancel culture means anymore. I guess it's, it's about letting Dr. Seuss books be racist, but also not letting politicians get away with sexual harassment. Cancel culture feels a lot like watching WandaVision. Every time I think I get what it's about, the next scene is like, now it's about a purple witch who's only pretend possessed? But this is the new playbook. You know, it's the new playbook for all these kinds of scandals. You just refuse to step aside and you hope that things eventually blow over. It worked for Donald Trump. It worked for Ralph Northam and Andrew Cuomo hopes it'll work for Nonna Maria. Tinder, AKA Postmates for Chlamydia. Tinder dates can be unpredictable. 
I mean, the only thing you know for sure when you meet up with a Tinder match is that they're not gonna look as good as they do in their profile pic. But now, Tinder wants to give you a little extra peek behind the curtain. Tinder will soon let users run background checks on possible dates. Match, which owns Tinder, announcing an investment in Garbo. That's a nonprofit that aims to let people run checks with only their name and phone number. So this means that users will be able to vet dates with details such as their arrest record or history of violence. Background checks will not be free, but Match says that it's working on a price that will make it affordable for most users. Yes, a Tinder background check, baby. This will help people avoid dating criminals and it'll help criminals find other criminals to do crimes with. Aww. You know, if you ask me, it's about time that they started this feature. I mean, for one thing, it's way more efficient than what people have to do now to figure out if they're dating a criminal. So are you into wine? Like, you know, have you ever made toilet wine? And if there are any guys out there going, wait, I don't want a woman knowing all this stuff about me before we even date, my man, trust me, they already know way more than a background check will tell them. Before a woman goes on a date with you, she and her friends have already scrolled through your Instagram and the Instagrams of everyone tagged on your Instagram. So they already know you still comment on photos of your prom date even though she has kids now. They know everything. And just to be clear, just because someone has a criminal history, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't date them, okay? I'm not saying that. In fact, depending on the crime, it might even make them pretty appealing. You know, like at first, you might swipe left on someone who did time for insurance fraud, but 900 horrible dates later, you're gonna come back to him like, hey, you know, insurance fraud is really one of the smart felonies when you think about it. Let's go out for that drink. Honestly, I want a background check that'll look for other warning signs besides criminal history. You know, like, do they kiss with their eyes open? Do they send you memes three weeks after they went viral? Are they obsessed with astrology? Or even worse, are they a Capricorn? <laughs> Speaking of people who could use a background check, the Catholic Church. As an institution, the church has been involved in many shady things over the past 2,000 years. You know, the Crusades, waterboarding babies, that priest who keeps walking into a bar, that guy has a drinking problem. But now, a major Catholic order is trying to make good on one mistake from its history. As calls for reparations continue to grow across the U.S., Catholic priests have vowed to raise $100 million to benefit descendants of enslaved people. Leaders in the Catholic Church acknowledge that the institution was built on the backs of slaves, and they say this is a move towards racial healing. It's a way of our asking for forgiveness and making reparations. $100 million. That's huge. Do you realize how many pieces of art from the Vatican they're gonna have to sell to raise that much money? Like, one? Still, this is great news. The Catholic Church, not just recognizing that owning slaves was wrong, but making reparations to the descendants for exploiting their ancestors. And I bet it will be a wonderful moment when the church presents those descendants with the reparations. This money is for owning your great-grandfather. Uh, I thought this was for you guys touching us when we were kids. And I don't know how they plan to give out this money, but in my opinion, I think they should keep it simple. From now on, every collection plate goes directly to a black person. And that way black people can supervise the whole process too. Yo, 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 two dollars? Man, I saw you parking that Range Rover. Come on, man, come on, do something. Moving on to news from Ireland. 
the country that ditched the royal family before Oprah's interview. If you've always wanted to visit the Emerald Isle for St. Patrick's Day, well, it turns out you're not the only one. Well, an Arctic walrus was spotted in Ireland. Experts with the Marine Conservation Society say this young walrus likely fell asleep on an iceberg and woke up miles away. So scientists with the Conservation Society say it's incredibly unusual to see the animals so far south. They say he looks fit and well-fed and should be able to make the trip back home. Oh, what an adorable story of a walrus that went on a bender, blacked out, and is lying to its family. Seriously though, seeing a walrus this far south is so cute. And the good news is that with climate change, this is gonna happen more and more. We're gonna get all sorts of Arctic animals floating down on melting icebergs. Walruses, polar bears, Santa's corpse. It's gonna be so cool. You know, I bet accidents like this are how so many evolutionary leaps took place. Like, have you ever seen a tapir? Have you seen that thing? I mean, the only reason those things exist is clearly because at some point in history, an elephant drifted into a family of skunks and they were all just like, okay, I guess we're doing this. And despite what everyone else feels, I don't feel bad for this walrus. I actually feel bad for all of his walrus friends in the Arctic. Yeah, because when he gets back, they're gonna have to listen to him going, Guinness just tastes better in Ireland. You guys have to go. Oh my God, the Guinness here is horrible. Real Guinness? Oh, guys, <laughs> you haven't lived. And by the way, it's Ireland. Story out of Oklahoma involving two of America's favorite pastimes, basketball and racism. High school basketball announcer in Oklahoma is blaming his diabetes and a spike in his blood sugar for the racist comments he made during a live stream state basketball tournament. The Norman players started kneeling during the national anthem and that's when the announcer, Matt Rowan, hurled horrifying racist insults at the Norman team that were caught on mic. Rowan later apologized saying in part, and I quote, I suffer type one diabetes and during the game, my sugar was spiking. While not excusing my remarks, it is not unusual that when my sugar spikes that I become disoriented and often say things that are not appropriate as well as hurtful. I'm not racist. I just suffer from diabetes. I bet the royal family wishes that they thought of that one. I'm so sorry, Megan. Our blood sugar was spiking that day and for the past 600 years. But hey, I'm no doctor. I mean, maybe diabetes does make you racist. In fact, I hope it does. You know, it would make things so much simpler. Lincoln could have ended slavery with a box of granola bars. It does make me wonder though, how many close calls this guy has had before? Like, were there times when he was running through CVS, like in the candy aisle, like, go back is my favorite band. Oh, they were so close, so close. In more sports news, Cheerleading. It's the only socially acceptable way to stand on other people. If you watched Cheer on Netflix 10 years ago at the beginning of 2020, you know that cheerleading is a super competitive sport. But one cheer mom took her competitive spirit a little too far. Now to that disturbing case involving deep fakes, videos that are manipulated to make it look like someone did or said something they did not. 
It's a troubling new take on cyberbullying. A mom in Pennsylvania is accused this morning of using so-called deep fakes to anonymously harass members of her daughter's cheerleading team. Police say 50-year-old Rafael Spohn digitally altered photos and videos of three members of her daughter's cheerleading squad, known as the Victory Vipers, depicting them naked, drinking, and smoking from a vape pen, and then sent the images to the girls and their coaches. The essence of it was to knock them them down essentially to try to shame them or get them knocked off the team would appear to be the motivation. Wow. That is really impressive. I can't believe this 50-year-old mom learned how to make deep fakes. Meanwhile, your mom has to call you up every time she forgets her Paramount Plus login. Really? I have to say Paramount Plus. Obviously, using deep fakes to bully teenagers is messed up. And not only is it criminal, but it can also backfire because you can't trust moms to know what's not cool for teenagers to do. Honey, I know you hate Trisha, so I posted the deep fake of her doing shots with Megan Thee Stallion backstage. Mom, that's the coolest thing she could do. Not on a school night. And honestly, were the deep fakes of the teens using vape pens really necessary? I mean, you've already got them naked and drunk. You don't need to be like, and they're also basic. But this is a sign that the future that awaits us with deepfakes is going to be petty as hell. You know, people are worried that deepfakes will be used to influence elections, but 90% of them are just gonna be people pretending to find mice in their tacos just so they can get free food. So, I mean, the only solution to this is to never trust any video that you ever see ever again, including this video. I mean, I think I'm Trevor Noah, but there's no way to know for sure. Let's move on now to an update about America's criminal justice system. This weekend, the country marked one year since police in Louisville, Kentucky killed Breonna Taylor. And while there is still much more work to be done, the police have been willing to make at least one change. It could soon become a crime to taunt police officers in Kentucky. The AP reports Kentucky lawmakers passed the proposal through the state Senate this week. The bill says anyone who taunts, insults, or challenges a law enforcement officer would be guilty of a misdemeanor and would face up to 90 days in jail plus fines. That's right, 90 days for insulting a police officer. So whatever you do, don't say to a cop, wow, I thought strippers would be in better shape or Nice riot gear and face shield. You look like if a G.I. Joe had sex with a Chipotle sneeze guard. And whatever you do, do not try and tell Kentucky police any knock-knock jokes. You know they don't like knocking. Look, understandably, people are pretty angry about this, but just put yourself in the position of a police officer in Kentucky, huh? You're just doing your job, breaking into someone's home and shooting them in bed, and then that person calls you a jerk? It's like, hey, buddy, I've got feelings too. But obviously there are a lot of problems with this law. I mean, first of all, any protest against police could land peaceful protesters in jail. And secondly, if you're married to a cop, you basically have to let them win every single argument. Plus, you know that now cops are gonna try to get people to taunt them just to meet their arrest quotas. Hey, what are you looking at? You see anything funny, huh? Uh, no. You sure? Huh? Now, of course, It isn't just the United States where there are tensions between communities and the police, as we are seeing in Great Britain, where women are up in arms. 
There is growing outrage and concern about women's safety in Britain after the killing of a woman. 33-year-old London resident Sarah Everard was kidnapped and murdered while walking home earlier this month. The suspect in connection with Sarah Everard's kidnap and her death was actually a serving member of the Metropolitan Police Force. There was a vigil on the weekend. Even Kate, the Duchess of Cambridge, made a private visit to lay flowers. But later on Saturday night, the police tried to break up the crowd. The vigil was against lockdown rules, but their heavy-handed tactics and these images have horrified the nation and helped fuel more protests last night. Sexist police on our streets! Sexist police off our streets, they shouted. Okay, what, what are these cops thinking? Getting violent at a vigil over an officer murdering this woman? The only way those cops could have been more tone deaf is if they had mansplained the protest chants back to the women. You can't be going around breaking up a vigil. A vigil is by definition the most peaceful of all gatherings. No one ever says, yo man, you gotta come through. This vigil is about to be wild. I swear the police could avoid so many headaches if they just hired one person whose only job is to ask, is this something the good guys would do? That way, when the police chief says, okay, tonight, we're gonna go to a peaceful vigil and tackle women, then that person can raise their hand, ask their one question, is this something the good guys would do? And we can avoid this entire situation. And part of the reason people were protesting in the first place is that after Sarah Everard disappeared, police went door to door, telling women to stay home for their own safety, which led many people to wonder, why don't the police tell the men to stay home since they're the ones going around murdering people. But instead, they're telling women, listen, lady, there's men on these streets, so you better stay home, yeah? Although there could be men in your home too, so you can't stay there either. Tell you what, just hover in the air about 10 feet off the ground, and that should keep you safe until we decide to do our jobs, love. The world's biggest real-life supervillain, Vladimir Putin. A newly declassified intelligence report has confirmed that Putin personally directed Russian meddling in the 2020 presidential election. And President Joseph Robitussin Biden isn't happy about it. In our world lead, a threat from President Biden to Russian leader Vladimir Putin on interfering in the 2020 election. He will pay a price. I, we had a long talk, he and I. So you know Vladimir Putin, you think he's a killer? Mm-hmm, I do. So what price must he pay? The price he's going to pay, well, you'll see shortly. President Putin himself has been asked about his response to Joe Biden's kind of affirmation that he thinks that President Putin's a killer. I wish him good health, and I'm not joking, I mean it. But when we judge people or other nations, we look into a mirror. We see ourselves there. When I was a child and we had arguments in the courtyard, we were saying, it takes one to know one. And it's not just the children saying, the meaning is very deep. Putin is right children's sayings still have a lot of important wisdom for us as adults. That's why I still get my yearly boosters for my cootie shots. Whew, I mean, if a girl ever touches me, I'm all set. But it is funny that Putin has to clarify that he's not joking when he wishes Biden good health. Because let's face it, the man has killed so many people, everyone always just assumes that that's what he means. I wouldn't be shocked if this causes a ton of problems for him. President Putin, your cousin is here. What would you like me to do? Ah, uh, please. Take care of him, Boris. 
understood, sir. No, 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 Boris, Boris. I mean, show him a good time. Ah, I know what you mean. No, no, I mean like, you know, take him to concert or something. Ah, yes. Performance in the sky. Right away. Sir. No, no, I'm saying like, maybe, uh, you know what, just kill him. This, this is taking too much of my time. But clearly, people, this exchange is the beginning of a much more confrontational relationship between America and Russia. And that's gonna be tricky. Because on the one hand, Joe Biden is probably right to call out Vladimir Putin's aggression. But on the other hand, I'm pretty sure that Vladimir Putin has all of my passwords. So I think he's doing a great job. Now, while Biden is fending off Putin, he's also dealing with a crisis closer to home at the Mexican border. Because even though Biden ended some of Trump's cruel immigration policies and is trying to return children who Trump separated from their families, that has not been enough to end the suffering. President Biden urging migrants not to make the journey to the U.S. as the White House works to get a handle on the surge at the southern border. Nearly 4,300 unaccompanied children were in Border Patrol custody as of Sunday afternoon, according to data obtained by NBC News. The new figures are a record high. Nearly 3,000 of those children have been in custody over the 72-hour legal limit. In an interview with ABC News, the president pushing back on criticism migrants are crossing in such large numbers because he has reversed several several Trump-era immigration policies. The idea that Joe Biden said come, because I, I heard the other day that they're, they're coming because they know I'm a nice guy. Well, here's the deal. They're not. Do you have to say quite clearly, don't come? Yes, I can say quite clearly, don't come. Don't leave your town or city or community. Hmm. Okay, that's worth a shot, I guess. But the phrase, don't come, isn't going to prevent immigration any more than it prevented pregnancy on Bridgerton. Because Biden is still being way more welcoming than people are used to. I mean, don't come is basically an engraved invitation compared to you shithole country rapists need to pay for our wall. But that's right. Border crossings are surging right now. And the part that's causing the most concern is what to do with the unaccompanied children. Because under Trump, they would just be sent back to terrible migrant camps in Mexico. Biden, on the other hand, wants to send them through the asylum process in the US. But the problem is the system is too overwhelmed to do it quickly. So the kids are languishing in detainment camps here. And please, let's not forget to have empathy for these migrants because who can blame parents for wanting to give their children a better life? I mean, there's just so many more opportunities for them in America. I mean, think about it. Blue Ivy just won a Grammy. Who wouldn't want that for their child? Before we go, it is Women's History Month, so please consider supporting Black Girls Code, an organization dedicated to leveling the playing field for girls of color in STEM. By supporting Black Girls Code, you're helping empower young girls to change their lives using technology and change all of our lives as well for the better. If you can help out, go to the link below and donate whatever you can. The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition. Watch The Daily Show weeknights at 11, 10 Central on Comedy Central and the Comedy Central app. Watch full episodes and videos at thedailyshow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And subscribe to The Daily Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. This has been a Comedy Central podcast.